Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Friday morning. Now, who says Christians can't have fun and uh, and dance and have a good time? You know. So uh, <laughs> praise the Lord for that. We could do get together and uh, listen to some awesome music. Get your heart a pumping and uh, get ready for the day. So hope you all enjoyed that little intro music there. Who we have here this morning? We got Miss Karen Smith. Good morning, Miss Angel Dixon. Good morning, Darlene Barker. Uh, Jennifer Williams. She says she's playing "Run Devil Run." Yeah, that's one of my favorites right there. Really is. I enjoy. It. I love that song. And Brandy Young. And so Nancy Tyree. Good morning. So nice to have all you wonderful folks tuning in and joining us for this morning's devotion. And I do hope everybody has a wonderful and blessed day today. And uh, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So let's use today for God's glory. Don't worry about tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Let's just focus on today and have a great time in the Lord. And that's all we can do. We're never promised a tomorrow. Uh, it's not that we um, don't... Uh, I got a hair or something, beard hair or something. I don't know what that is, gross. Okay, anyway, <laughs> the only bad thing about having beards, I don't know, I don't think that's something you ladies would think about or have to have worry about. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, we uh, uh, not promised of tomorrow, and we've just got to uh, uh, focus on today. But, I mean, we still have to uh, gather and uh, uh, be... Uh, ready to pay our bills you know we can't just live for the day and be like hey, i'm not gonna pay my bills be in the dark or on the street so I mean, we have to still be prepared for things that we have to deal with but uh, but i'm talking about focusing spiritually mentally and emotionally let's just focus on today and do the best we can living it for the lord and that's all that we can do all right let's get over here and let's do our pledge of allegiance this morning move my coffee here so let me get over here. There we go. All right, let us stand and do the Pledge of Allegiance. Here we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Love saying that pledge every morning, really do, and... Uh, I say every morning, you know, I know I, uh, some people might get a little turned off at my political commentaries in the morning, but I do feel like there are things that need to be pointed out, and there's things that need to be called out and being brought attention to. I think that as a pastor, that's my responsibility uh, to talk about these things. I know that uh, a lot of pastors avoid it. I've, I've been told that people have left our church because they feel like me and dad are too political. You know, I... Uh, we we don't live in a bubble. We don't live in a warm, fuzzy little world where we can just, uh, everything's sunshine and rainbows and stick our heads in the proverbial sand and hope that it will all go away. It's not going to happen. We've got to call these things out. We have to bring attention to these things, things that we need to be aware of. You're not going to, may not like it. It may offend, but uh, I'm not doing my job as a pastor if I don't point things out. I mean, I just point blank the way it is and uh, you know if all you're wanting is a feel-good message and, and not have to uh, be convicted or forced to think or look at things and and uh, you know I think that's the problem with the world that we uh, no longer have dialogue we no longer have conversations it's if it offends then you, you're out you want nothing to do with it this goes right to that cancel culture mentality uh, you know you, there's no no there's no 
no thinking, there's no facts, there's no, it just runs on emotion. And it's time for us to, to get, we have to get past that. And uh, we need to take a hard look at what's going on in our world. I, um, good morning, Sheila Sanders. I um, was in a, a article yesterday uh, by a, a young lady that uh, stormed about in Canada that a uh, man was jailed because he spoke out publicly about his daughter taking testosterone. And uh, she was, me and her were talking uh, that uh, uh, that there's uh, a good chance we're going to see something like that happen here. I mean, we've already seen, uh, was it in, um, I'm going to say Texas, where uh, the divorced parents, the woman was trying to treat the boy, trying to say that he wanted to be a girl. And the father said, no, that's nothing to be further from the truth. And he didn't want that. Said that when he the boy's there, he acts like a boy, wants to do boy things. When around his mother, it's like she's trying to feminize him. And there was a huge legal court battle. And from what I understand, the father did win uh, the case. Uh, and they did consider it a form of uh, mental abuse, and which I believe was mental emotional abuse. And I think that is uh, the more, see, this goes back you know, to what we're talking about, this Equality Act, where they're going back to uh, 1964, uh, you know, where you can't uh, discriminate based on race, uh, religion, uh, gender, things like that. Now they're, they're revising that to include LGBTQ, and that's going to be a fundamental uh, effect upon Christian communities. Because if you are a Christian business owner, if you are a church, say I put up a sign saying I need a uh, church secretary or janitor or something like that, and someone applies that uh, is living a life contrary to that of God, I can't say, well, based on my uh, religious convictions, I cannot condone this, and so therefore they are not qualified. That would be considered discrimination. I could be sued, and uh, who knows, may even serve jail time for that. So, you know, you see, people may not like that I, I hit on political agendas, but I have to point these things out because we see the stark contrast between what the world is pushing in culture versus what God's Word is saying. They want to say that God's Word is antiquated, out of date, very much the same wording we see in regards to our Constitution. And they want to change those these articles. They want to change these laws in favor of this. And there's a reason why our Founding Fathers put these things in place. And whether you like it or not, uh, our Founding Fathers, uh, you know, there, there were deists there. There were Christians there, but they all understood that there was a God and that we base these laws on the moral law. And, you know, these people screaming separation of church and state don't have a clue what you're talking about. Because if they knew their history, that states even funded churches. Congress opened in prayer. So, you know, that they're, what, they're, what they're spouting is erroneous. And we're seeing how far our country has gone from, you know, we're not a theistic nation. Obviously, you worship, believe however you want to. It's the way it should be. That's why we're called a free nation. You're not forced to believe in a, in a certain way. That's why uh, our, our so many of our forefathers come to this country because they wanted to escape uh, that religious persecution. They wanted to worship how they wanted to. But we see uh, how far we have fallen from the principles and the morality that was put in place to the immorality and the perverseness and, and the, the anything-goes humanistic philosophy mentalities that we're seeing now. And, and we can, you know, go no further than our public, public education and liberal ideologies that are being pushed in universities. And I'm just telling you, it's what we're seeing right there in Canada um, it's just a matter of time it's going to filter down to us here in the United States. 
And so we need to be on our guard. And that's why I was talking about the other day with Christianity that we need to be making a voice and we need to be making a stand. We no longer have the luxury of being silent. We have got to start speaking up and speaking out saying we're not tolerating this. We're not putting up. Why should we tolerate sin? And, and that's exactly what they're telling us to do. You know, they, they accuse us of pushing our views and morality upon them. But that's the very same thing they're doing on us. They're forcing us to accept something we know in our heart is wrong. And so uh, that's why we've got to, to start getting out there and making a voice and start making some change uh, before it's too late. And as I said, once this freedom is gone, it's gone for good. So uh, you may not like my political commentaries in the morning, but I do feel like there are things that are relevant and need to be pointed out. And uh, that's why when I see that, that Pledge of Allegiance and I see the direct attack uh, on our country, that's why I feel compelled to, to point these things out. So. All right, let's see, the coffee has grown cold, <laughs> so talk too long. Let us uh, look at our verse of focus this morning. Proverbs eleven two. when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. All right, as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it too, Arch. You know, um, one thing that we need to uh, be aware of is uh, our own self-esteem, our own arrogance, our own prideful attitudes. You know, there are countless numbers of books, countless numbers of uh, blogs and YouTube videos of self-help and talking about low self-esteem and how you can build yourself up. But you know, it's very interesting that God's Word never says anything about low self-esteem. In fact, quite the opposite it is we talk too highly of ourselves. That's, how, that's, that's what God's Word is telling us. We think too much of ourselves. We are prideful people. Uh, you know, that's how it even goes back to, maybe think of Moses. You know, uh, you know he, he grew up in Pharaoh's courts. He was a very educated man, I'm sure, and uh, uh, was knowledgeable. But when, call, when God called him uh, to uh, lead his people out of uh, Pharaoh's kingdom there in Egypt, uh, he started making excuses, you know, and he said, well, I, I don't talk clear. I don't talk plain, you know, and uh, God was, you know, God didn't say, well, you can do it, Moses. You build yourself up. You, you've got low self-esteem. You can, and, uh, quite the contrary. He was like, uh, you know, you need to, uh, you know, and of course I'm, I'm not putting uh, words in God's mouth, but just kind of paraphrase, so to speak. He's, you know, he's more like saying, uh, I'm calling you to do this. You need to do it. And if you have a problem speaking, I'll get your brother, Aaron, to help you out. You know, he, he, wasn't, he, he was saying, do it. You know, he was saying, oh, bless your heart. Here, you, you, you know, he, he, go for it. You know, you need to do what I'm calling you to do. And uh, that's the problem. We, we take too much pride in our own knowledge, our own abilities, uh, and what we can do. And that's the thing that we have to put aside and be humble before God Almighty. We can't put our faith and trust in our own abilities. And that goes back, like I said, I, I, I tell my, my dad and my wife sometimes, I hope I don't, don't talk too much about myself. I don't, I'm not here for self-glory, uh, but there are just things in my life that I see that uh, relates back to so many of these things. Because when I first started the ministry, that's that was my biggest problem, was I was trying to put too much uh, hope and strength in my own abilities uh, to be able to preach, and uh, and I felt and felt that the lack of ability to uh, memorize and understand and and I, I was uh, just 
felt like you know I was up against a wall. You know that I you know I, I, I can't do this. This is just you know, I can't remember all this. I can't you know it was just overwhelming. And then the Lord brought me to a point where he's like, you need to just let this stuff go. This isn't about what you can do. It's about what I can do. And you need to put your trust in me. And when I did that and going for God and with a humble heart, I found, I found a, a direct difference in my thinking and in my preaching and in the ministry. And so, and that's what we have to be very good. There's, there's a lot of people out there who are very arrogant Christians or arrogant in general. You know, there's some people we talk out to out there, and they think they know everything. You know, I, it's so frustrating. You know, no matter what the topic is, oh, they know it. They know it all. And they're sitting here just like, oh, gee whiz, dude, come on. You know, it's like, it's like you can't be an expert on everything. You know, and even as a pastor, you know, sometimes I feel kind of small. People ask me some question. I'm like, well, I, I know this answer. I probably should know this answer. And, you know, when you're put on the spot, and they're like, well, you know, and ask you some question. And it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you had to think a minute. And sometimes I'm like, hey, let me research and get back to you. But uh, there's some people out there as Christians, they think they know everything in theology. And this is what's going on. And I'm like, you know, and there are people out there who are far smarter than I am and uh, and, and do know these things. But there's some Christians out there that, uh, you know, they've read a book or two and also now they're they're a theologian <laughs> don't quite work that way but uh, but the thing of it is we've got to be humble you know we don't want to be arrogant christians and we don't want to, to shove our uh what we think down somebody else's throat you know when you come to witnessing when you tell somebody else about jesus christ uh remember we can't force somebody to get saved all thing we can do is plant that seed you can't argue somebody into heaven you can't scare somebody into heaven it has to be genuine and it has to be true. And what you have to do is, uh, with all humility, say, "Man, let me tell you what Jesus done for me." If they reject, hey, man, you got to go on. You know, it's it is maybe the seed will plant, and eventually somebody else comes to water, and somebody else comes to cultivate it. Maybe it'll take time for that person to come to know Jesus. And uh, so, you know, we have to be very careful about that. And I see it a lot on social media and under posts and such. People just really forcing uh, their. Uh, beliefs on somebody else and that's only gets draw somebody to the lord we need to show that that humility humility that kindness that love that's going to draw people to jesus christ you know when you look at pride there are several examples in the bible for pride uh pharaoh uh, the greatest king of the time destroyed himself his family his nation and his army and men laughed at his destruction and shame for at least for the last 3500 years uh, even children rejoice and laugh at frogs and Pharaoh's bed and bread for his pride. Due to pride, Philistines fought against Israel in spite of remembering what God had done to Egypt 500 years earlier. Uh, the, um, uh, let's see what else here. We got Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest, most glorious king of all time, spent seven years crawling around the field on his hands and knees. He ate grass like an ox. Remember, that's where we get the term lycanthropy, where you think you're something you're not. That's why I said that's very much. Uh, like the uh, uh, the LGBTQ is very much like lycanthropy. You think you're something that you're not. You're you're uh, created to, to be male or female, and if you think you're something other than that, that's why it is a mental uh, condition that needs to be treated. And people say that's not right. You can't help how you're born. You may be born with an inclination, but God does not create you. Uh, with those kind of uh, ideas. God doesn't, you know, you're just not born saying, I want to be a drug dealer. You're not born saying, I want to be an adulterer. You're not born to say, you know, what, fill in the blank. You know, uh, you make these choices. And as people say, you know, well, you can't help how you feel. I mean, 
you can abstain. You know, if you're fighting those homosexual tendencies, you can abstain. I mean, you know, I've yet to read a single uh, medical book out there that says that someone died from a lack of sex. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, but people will, you know, they, that's the agenda they want to push. So we're talking about Nebuchadnezzar. You know, eventually God changed his uh, mental state and uh, put him back into power. But you see how this this pride got in the way. We see this with Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Solomon. We see all these things that uh, that got in the way of uh, of of their humility, got in the way of of how God could possibly use these individuals, and it was to their shame. And you know, when you look, we also want to look at. I'm going to just remember here. We got another slide here for you to look at. I want you to look at if you want Marcus in your Bibles, Philippians two five through eight. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death to, oh, I'm sorry, even death on a cross. So. You know, I mean, if you have the uh, King James Version, of course, that's, that's written a little differently, and I'll read that too. And uh, it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So see, you know, Jesus Christ the ultimate example of humility, the opposite of pride. He left the glories of heaven to save our worthless hides. He didn't have to do that. You know, he could have very easily say, you know what, let him have at it, man. I ain't going through all that. But no, instead, he, out of his love for us, he gave his life. He knew he would be scourged. He knew he'd be, be, be beaten. He knew that he'd be nailed to that cross, and he knew he'd rise again. But um, that's why you see that Jesus says, Lord, if it be your will that this cut pass by me, because he knew what he was about to face, the horror and the torture he went through to save us. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords and could have easily came to be served. But instead, he showed humility and come to be a servant. You know, talking about the ultimate act of humility, um, at the Last Supper, when he donned the apron, you know, we talked about this in First Peter the other day, to clothe yourselves in humility. And that Greek word in reference to uh, was actually a, a covering like an apron. And showing that example of Jesus Christ, who was washing the feet of the disciples. And to wash the feet of someone, and when someone come into your home in that culture, time, society, the, that was the lowest job a servant could do that was like the ultimate like you know that's something you didn't want to do you know i mean that was that was the job nobody wanted but jesus showing that humility and i think by christ's example we need to quit exalting self thinking that we're better better than someone else looking down our nose at those who are uh we feel are, are maybe greater sinners than ourselves uh whatever the case may be that we are showing a servant's heart we are showing a a, a um, air of humility and, you know, who knows, maybe you're uh, in line at a store and you see someone with an elderly person with a large load of groceries or something. You know what? You might be busy and you're thinking, you know, I don't have time to help them. 
Take a step back and say, hey, sir or ma'am, do you need some help with that? Opening the door for someone. But, you know, it's it's very frustrating to show acts of kindness and try to be humble and do what's right, particularly at Walmart. You know, nothing makes me more angry than trying to be nice, trying to do the right thing. Oh, excuse me. And they're like, and walk off. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just makes me so angry, you know. Uh, or, or, you know, when I go for my walks to get some exercise, you know, uh, we have... Uh, the northern attitudes that we're not accustomed here in the south and when we wave at somebody and in a friendly way we expect to wave back and when i wave at somebody and just look at you and keep on going i'm like <laughs> jerk you know it just it's stuff like that makes me angry but uh you know we, we um, uh, have to put aside ourselves so we need to look at those in need and, and try to demonstrate that love of christ jesus and to be those servants and by being those servants showing that humility being you know it's one thing that we, we see in god's word die of self die of self daily take up the cross and follow after me that's what christ is telling us to do and to put away that pride don't worry about it. you know i think one reason a lot of people get discouraged with church uh, or uh, with Christianity because they don't feel like they got the recognition. You know, they they have been working in the church and they've they've been you know, volunteering for this, that, and the other, and, and they was not recognized for some something they've done. That is pride because you're saying, "Well, I didn't get called out because of what I done." So then you wasn't doing it for God's glory. You were doing it for self gratification and glory. And you know, it's one thing we talked about uh, Sylvanus uh, in our study in First Peter uh, Wednesday evening, uh, which was Silas, you know, Paul and Silas, that um, you know he took the back seat. He just wanted to make sure the gospel was being put out there, and he helped write uh, what Peter was dictating because of the Greek and um, and how uh, concise and uh, elaborate it was written. Uh, the, it is said that Peter may not have had that knowledge. Uh, to do that i kind of on the fence on that i mean i could see him maybe dictating this and, and maybe uh silas had to put it in a better form but you know he, he studied under jesus and it, it, to me it's not outside the realm of possibilities that jesus couldn't steal him the ability to write uh in the proper greek form but nonetheless uh, the theologians have said that it's pretty much silas uh that wrote you know, greek uh wrote the greek and and peter and uh, even translated things that maybe Paul had done as well. And, of course, we know that Paul was no dummy. He, he stood under the feet of Gamaliel. He was a very highly intelligent man. But uh, uh, nonetheless, he took the back seat. He's, his, important, his, his goal was to see the gospel pushed out there. And uh, that's what we got to do. You know, are we out there to make sure the gospel's being preached? Are we out there for, for uh, self-service? And so we've got to really uh, take a hard look at ourselves sometime. Am I, am I being selfish in how I'm treating someone? Am I being selfish towards a family member? Am I being selfish at work? Am I being selfish in my relationship? Am I being selfish whatever? Am I being prideful? Am I being arrogant? And, uh, you know, we need to make sure we're showing that humility. And we don't want to be looking at, you know, we see people out there who are sinning. And there's people out there who are, who are sick in need of Jesus Christ. And if you're flaunting and looking your nose down at them, that's not drawing them to Jesus Christ. We need to be humble and be like, you know what? Let me pray for this individual. They're lost. They need help. They need spiritual guidance. Let me pray for this individual. And if you try to approach them and they reject you, fine. You've done what you're supposed to do. You can still cover them in prayer. But uh, it's hard to do. You know, it is very hard to do to die of self. It's very hard to do to show that spirit of humility. But that's something we have to strive for. something we have to work for. We'll fail. 
and we'll pick up and try again. And we may fail a million times, but at least we're trying to not be those prideful people. And uh, just because someone's different than you in your thinking or attitude or dress, uh, you know, we uh, we don't need to shun them. And uh, not saying that you do. Not all of you watching this morning may be good as gold and, and humble as apple pie, you know. But uh, I know for myself, i got a lot of areas in my life that I've got to work on and uh, put away those prideful attitudes. And uh, it's a daily struggle. And uh, uh, But I just give it to the Lord and do the best I can. And that's all I think God asks us to do. Just do your best. And I think God will be proud of us uh, for making the effort and trying and um, and. That's all we can do. So uh, we have the guidelines and the God's word to abide by and strive for. But um, uh, that's all. You know, we're never going to be perfect on this side of heaven. And we're never going to get it all while we're here. But we can at least try for it anyway. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us each and every day to die of self. Help us to be selfless, not selfish. Have us put away pride and let us be full of humility. And Lord, I just pray that uh, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I do pray that uh, you'll be with our nation and its leaders, that they'll come to know you before it's too late. Lord, I do want to lift up our sister in Christ, uh, Wendy Lee. And, uh, Lord, I saw where she, because of her cancer treatments, she had to shave her head. And I know this had to be very difficult on her. And, Lord, I do pray a special prayer of encouragement and strength for her and uh, Wendy uh, Kim Penix. And I do pray for Ginger and Troy Hood. And I do pray for uh, Lynn and David Feathers and Roger Winters and Jane Kitchings and Ron Thompson. Lord, I do pray for Larky Tyree and Nancy and uh, all those who are watching this morning. And, Lord, I pray that you'll put your hedge of protection about them. Lord, I do pray that you be with us all. Let us serve you well. And, Lord, help us to strive for that mind of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, when I was uh, praying, I forgot. I was going to read a little quote from uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, if you'll indulge me just for a second. I thought it was really good and, and uh uh, regards to our, our teaching this morning uh, but he wrote he said pride has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began pride always means enmity it is enmity and not only enmity between man and man but enmity to god and god you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself unless you know god as that and therefore know yourselves as nothing in comparison you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud and cannot know God, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. And that's from Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, that's pages 110 through 111. So if you ever, if you have a copy of that or, or uh, ever want to get a copy of that, go and look that up. And uh, good, good quote. I thought we went went well. Uh, with our message this morning. Uh, as always, don't forget, you can always watch live on our website at flbconline.com. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the Doc Young Chronicles podcast. And it's audio only, but you can listen to all these devotions as you're going out and about your day. Don't forget to join us at Fountain Life Bible Church, 118 Julie Lane at 10 a.m. this coming Sunday morning uh, from 10 to 11. I'm sorry, 
from 11 to 12. Where am I getting 10 o'clock at? From 11 to 12. So join us at 11 o'clock, not 10 o'clock. I don't know. I'm having uh, uh, brain um, freezes this morning, whatever you want to call it. But uh, from 11 to 12, we'll be at Fountain Life Bible Church. And then at 1 o'clock, uh, that's when they'll be doing the walkthrough at Boone's Creek, at the old Boone's Creek High School, which is the middle school now, and uh, for the tear it down it's going to be a emotional day for a lot of people so be sure and, and uh, if you want to be a part of that feel free to come on out but remember church is from 11 to 12 on sunday morning i don't know losing my mind but anyway i hope everybody has a great day today a fantabulous day and remember say it with me live each day as if it were your last why because one day it will be thanks for watching and god bless